Pastor Xavier Reese says, no matter how tough the going gets, God is sufficient to get you through. See, Jonathan and David understand that in the midst of all the evil that goes on, God's on the throne. I always have to bring myself back to that. You understand? If not, I will go crazy. I have to look at things. I have to lower. But bottom line, after we've done what's supposed to, okay, Lord, you're on the throne. You're in control of my life. I direct me. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The combination of courage and judgment in David was a remarkable thing. The God-given wisdom he showed, knowing when to exhibit the valor to face down an enemy giant, and yet then to flee the threatening King Saul, illustrates David's alert willingness to follow the direction of his Lord without hesitation. Stay tuned for a riveting lesson on loyalty as Pastor Xavier turns to chapter 20 of 1 Samuel for today's Simple Truths. David, who has been seen as the hero of Israel by all, including Saul, has now become the object of Saul's hatred. The jealousy of Saul uh, towards David began when he heard the women singing, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands in 1 Samuel 18, 7. Saul became angry displeased. He was saying, what more can he have but the kingdom? Saul was a very self-centered man, rebellious against God, refusing to let go what God had taken from him. Saul has attempted to kill David directly by throwing spears at him, as, as we've seen a number of times, indirectly hoping he would fall by the hands of the Philistines, and then directly as he commanded that his servants kill him as well as his son Jonathan and then even sending men to his house to take him. All who associate with David now from this point are in danger of their own lives as he has become the fugitive and the enemy of the kingdom in the eyes in the heart of Saul. And so this last meeting of David with Jonathan to discover the true intent of Saul's towards David is comprised here of three movements in this chapter. Very important chapter. Don't take it just as information reading it. You have to get into the reality of what's going on. Let me read it. Then Saul fled from Naoth and Ramah and went and said to Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? So Jonathan said to him, By no means you shall not die. Indeed, my father will do nothing, either greater or small, without first telling me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. And then David took an oath again and said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. So Jonathan said to David, Whatever you, you, you yourself desire, I will do it for you. And David said to Jonathan, Indeed, tomorrow is a new moon, and I should not... Uh, fail to sit with the king to eat. But let me go that I may hide in the field until the third day in the evening. If your father misses me at all, then say David earnestly asked permission of me to, uh, that he might run over to Bethlehem, his city. And there is a yearly sacrifice there 
uh, for all the family. If he says thus, it is well. Your servant will be safe. But if he is very angry, be sure that evil is determined by him. Therefore, you shall deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. Nevertheless, if there is iniquity in me, kill me yourself. And why should you bring me to your father? But Jonathan said, Far be it from you. For if I knew certainly that evil was determined by my father to come upon you, then would I not tell you? David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me? Or what if your father answers you roughly? And Jonathan said to David, Come, let us go out into the field. So both of them went out into the field. And then Jonathan said to David, The Lord God of Israel is witness. When I have sounded out my father sometime tomorrow or the third day, and indeed there is good towards David, and I do not send it to you uh, to tell you, may the Lord do so and much more to Jonathan. But if it pleases my father to do you evil, then I will report to you and send you away that you may go in safety. And the Lord be with you as he was or has been with my father. And you shall not only show me the kindness of the Lord while I am still alive, that I may not die, but you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord require it of the hand of David's enemies. Now Jonathan again caused David to vow because he loved him, for he loved him as his own soul. And then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon. And you will be missed. Tomorrow um, your seat will be empty. And when you have uh, stayed three days, go down quickly and come to the place where uh, you hide on that day of the deed and uh, remain by the stone of Ezel. And then I will shoot three arrows to the side as though I shot at a target. And there I will send a lad saying, Go find the arrows. If I express and say, to the lad, look, the arrows are on the side of you. Get them and come. Then, as the Lord lives, there is safety for you. No harm. But if I say thus to the young man, look, the arrows are beyond you. Go your way, for the Lord has sent you away. And as for the matter which you and I have spoken of, indeed, the Lord be between you and me forever. And then David hid in the field. And when the new moon had come, the king sat down and eat the feast. Now the king sat at the seat at other times, and uh, the seat by the wall. And Jonathan arose, and Abner sat by Saul's side, and, and David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought something had happened to him, and it's unclean, surely he is unclean. And it happened the next day, the second day of the month, that David's uh, place was empty, and Saul said to Jonathan, his son, why has the son of Jesse not come to eat, either yesterday or today? And Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked permission to, to me uh, to go to Bethlehem. And he said, please let me go, for our family has a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commanded me to be there. And now, if I have found favor in your eyes, please let me get away and see my brother. Therefore, he has not come to the king's table. And then Saul's anger was aroused against Jonathan and said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the, your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, you shall not be established, nor your kingdom 
Now therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. And Jonathan answered Saul, his father, and said to him, Why should he be killed? What has he done? And Saul cast a spear at him to kill him, by which Jonathan knew that it was determined by his father to kill David. And so Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger, and he ate no food that second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had treated him shamefully. And so it was in the morning that Jonathan went out into the field at the time appointed with David, and the little lad was with him. And then he said to the lad, Now run, find the arrows which I shot. As the lad ran, he shot the arrows beyond him. And when the lad was come to the place where the arrows was, which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried out to the lad, saying, Is not the arrows beyond you? And Jonathan cried out after the lad, Make haste, hurry, do not delay. So Jonathan laughed, gathered up the arrows, came back to his master, but the lad did not know anything. Only Jonathan and David knew of the matter. And then Jonathan gave his weapons to his lad, and he said, Go carry them to the city. As soon as the lad had gone, David arose from the place towards the south, fell on his face to the ground, and bowed down three times. And they kissed one another, and they wept together, but David more so. And then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, May the Lord be between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. So he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. The last meeting of David with Jonathan to discover the true intent of Saul towards David is given to us in three movements. First, you have the flight of David from Saul to meet with Jonathan, verses 1 through 23. Secondly, you have the return of Jonathan to carry out the plan of David, 24 through 34. And then you have the warning of Jonathan for David to flee for his life from Saul, 35 through 42. The flight of David from Saul to meet Jonathan comes first, verse 1 through 23. Now notice in the first 11 verses, the plan of David was to secure the help of Jonathan. Verse 1 through 4, the desperation of David is voiced to Jonathan. You've got to understand, this is not just information. You've got to understand the tension that's going on. David is fleeing. David knows that Saul's trying to kill him. And you, you can't just take it as a normal situation. This is life and death that's going on. So the journey is made in verse 1 to meet Jonathan. And David was fleeing from Saul the previous chapter. He had just fled from Naoth and Ramah. David went and he spoke to Jonathan here. And again, the location, no doubt, is at Gibeah of Saul. The location, the residence of Saul. Jonathan is there. Saul has chased him over to Naoth to try to get him. It's about 12 miles from Ramah, which is, again, uh, Samuel's hometown, as we've seen. Now, David pours out his heart. Don't miss this. To Jonathan, asking certain things. Listen, what have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? The response of Jonathan David is he's taken back. Jonathan assures David's safety. To him, this is news. Listen. So Jonathan said to him, By no means you shall not die. You see, he had been told by his father he would not harm David. Remember chapter 19, verse 1 through 7. He is probably not aware of the last attempt on David's life, even the seeking of him over at Naoth, which he just come from. So he's giving the, his father the benefit of the doubt here, and this is, this is a tension. His father is, is a blood relative. David is his best friend. And he's kind of torn between the two right now. 
This is the real things that go on. What you can analyze intellectually becomes very confusing emotionally. You understand? Now, these were the very words the men of Israel had said to Saul when Saul was going to kill Jonathan because he ate that honey. Surely he will not die. He gave us the victory. The men would not go along with the evil of Saul. Now we're going to see that Jonathan, his son, is the same type of person. He's a person of character. Look at two. Jonathan assures David, his father, always disclosed everything to him. Indeed, my father will do nothing, greater or smaller, without telling me. So he has a close relationship, but again, his father is wicked. He understands. He knows his father. He's already seen his father will put him to death. But again, there's that love tie relationship. It's a difficult situation. Jonathan assures David he was wrong. Listen to the words. And why should my father hide this from me? It is not so. Now, he's not calling David a liar. He's telling David, David, there must be a mistake here. There's a lot of things that are said between people that unless you seek out the thing, you don't find out what's true and what's false. Under oath, David reveals Saul's deception. Then David took an oath again and said, your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes, and he has said, do not let Jonathan know this, lest he would be grieved. And under double oath, David declares the certainty of his death. But truly, as the Lord Yahweh lives... As your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. Jonathan, all of a sudden, is gripped by the seriousness of the matter and places himself under David's disposal. Listen to his words in verse 4. To submit to his will first, so Jonathan said to David, whatever yourself desire, and to work on his behalf, I will do it for you. All of a sudden, when David makes a double oath, He knows that David is telling the absolute truth. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when a society or an individual or individuals that deal with each other have God as their Savior and they pledge their truths before God, then that truth is established and confirmed. There was a time in our land when you went to court and you raised your right hand, you said, I I, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. And you would put your hand on the Bible. And that testimony would be accepted as credible and rarely was it doubted. Now we've come to a place in our nation where we don't believe in God, so nothing can be believed. And if you swear, what do you swear by? There's a big problem. At this point, all of a sudden, the light went on for Jonathan. David is not lying by the life of God and my life. Wow. God is all over this event. They're going to swear over and over again. They're going to talk about the covenant and everything else. Now look at 5 through 11. The plan of David to reveal Saul's intent to kill him was shared with Jonathan then. In verse 5 and 6, David proposes his plan to expose the evil of Saul. Look at verse 5. David suggested he not show up to dinner at the feast with the king. And David said to Jonathan, Indeed, tomorrow is the new moon. I should not fail to sit with the king to eat, but let me go that I may hide in the field until the third day at evening. The feast was accompanied with burnt offerings and rejoicing. Book of Numbers, chapter 10, verse 10, chapter 28, 11 through 15, and other places gives us that. Now, notice David suggests also that if Saul says something about his absence, then Jonathan was to tell him certain things. Verse 6 there. If your father misses me at at all, then say, David earnestly asked permission of me that he might go over to Bethlehem 
his city, and there is your sacrifice there for all the family. And David said the response of Saul would be the proof of his true intent towards him. This would reveal it. David knew Saul. He says, if he says, well, it is well, your servant will be safe. Verse 7. But if he's very angry, then be sure that evil is determined by him. David reminded Jonathan of their covenant at this point. God's all over this thing. Look at 8 and 9. In the first portion of 8, David pleaded for Jonathan's loyalty by the covenant they had made. Therefore, you shall deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into covenant of the Lord Yahweh with you. Remember chapter 18, verse 3 through 4. The soul of Jonathan was new with the soul of David, and he entered covenant. Jonathan initiated it. He reminds him of this. Now notice the rest of 8. David pleaded his innocence to Jonathan. Nevertheless, if there is iniquity in me, kill me yourself. For why should you bring me to your father? In other words, he would rather die a swift death at the hand of his friend than to be caught under the hand of Saul, who is vicious and uncompassionate, knowing he's innocent. You understand? Jonathan, convinced of David's innocence, emphatically pledged his loyalty to David. But Jonathan said, Far be it from you, for if I knew certainly that evil was determined by my father to come upon you, then would I not tell you? Jonathan, at this point, he's completely convinced. He's with the program. Look at 10. David asked Jonathan how he would let him know. And then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me? Or what if your father answers you roughly? It means cruel, severe. David knew Saul. So Jonathan told David to follow him. Come, let us go out into the field. So both went into the field. Now, from 12 to 23, the plan of Jonathan was to render help to David. And it was affirmed by Jonathan to warn him about Saul's intent to kill him. Then Jonathan said to David, the Lord Yahweh God of Israel is witness. There it is again. When I have sounded my father sometime tomorrow, on the third day, indeed, there is, if, the, if it's good towards David, and I do not send it to you, and tell you, may the Lord Yahweh do so much more to me or the more to Jonathan. In other words, if I don't let you know, then God can get me. Again, he pledges his oath before God and before David, the sincerity. Jonathan is going to set his dad up that's going to reveal exactly what's in his heart. From the heart proceeds evil thoughts, fornication, adulteries, murder, so on and so forth. Take note the number of times again Yahweh is mentioned by both men. This is the basis of their heart relationship to each other. Now, the negative comes second. But if it pleases my father to do you evil, then I will report it to you and send you away that you may go in safety and the Lord Yahweh be with you as he has been with my father. God was with Saul at the beginning until he rebelled, he wouldn't obey, and God took the kingdom from him. Jonathan renews the covenant they had made. Here's again another aspect of God's involvement in this whole difficult situation, difficult times. Times of confusion. Notice 14. David was not to be hostile towards Jonathan. And you shall not only show me the kindness of the Lord Yahweh while I'm still alive, that I may not die. They was, was not to retaliate either in verse 15 against the family of Jonathan. So it goes beyond just each individual. When 
he would become king. But you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord Yahweh has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. This was the custom of kings of that day. When they became kings, they killed all the royal seed. So there would be no rebellion or no attempts upon their throne. Simple. That's just the way they secured it. Notice in 16, Jonathan then confirmed all the covenant. He made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord Yahweh require the hand of David's enemies. In other words, Jonathan was saying that the Lord would equally hold accountable the enemies of David that would come against them. See, Jonathan and David understand that in the midst of all the evil that goes on, God's on the throne. I always have to bring myself back to that. You understand? If not, I will go crazy. I have to look at things. I have to lower. But bottom line, after we've done what's supposed to, okay, Lord, you're on the throne. You're in control of my life. God, direct me. Look at 17. Jonathan then had David affirm the covenant. Now, Jonathan again caused David to bow. There's the bow again. Jonathan's motive was not suspicion or doubt regarding David, but love for David. He says it very clearly. Because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. There you have the same repetition of chapter 18. These guys are great friends. Now, the plan of Jonathan was to provide David with a sign that would inform him of the intent of Saul towards him. David was to be ready at the prescribed day, verse 18 and 19. In 18, David would be absent for the first day. Jonathan said, tomorrow the new moon, you will be missed because your seed will be empty. In 19, David was to be at the set location on the third day. So he would be there the first day, then he would go away, come back on the third day. He wouldn't stay out there all three days. When you have stayed three days, go uh, down quickly and come to the place where you hid on the day indeed and remain at the stone of Ezel. Jonathan would then declare the sign for David to know if it was good or evil. He would launch some arrows, verse 20 says, to the side as shooting a target. And then in 21, he would express first the words of the signal for safety. Listen to him. And there I will send the last saying, go find the arrows. If I expressly say to him, look, the arrows are on this side of you, Get them and come. Then as the Lord Yahweh lives, there is safety for you and no harm. They're both hoping for this, especially Jonathan. But then he expresses, secondly, the words of the signal for his harm in 22. But if I say thus to the young man, look, the arrows are beyond you. Go your way, for the Lord Yahweh has sent you away. He says, as for the matter which you and I have spoken of, indeed the Lord Yahweh be between you and me forever. What they're speaking, they're speaking in confidentiality and between God, and God is the one that's looking at this whole thing. Very important. Men of integrity, people of integrity. The flight of David from Saul to meet with Jonathan was urgent. This is not a light matter. And things that happen in life sometimes happen And though you may have none to do with it, they are very, very urgent. And they're difficult. Pastor Xavier Reese, illustrating even in the urgent matter facing David and Jonathan, God remains in control. 
Today's Simple Truth Study is part of our ongoing series in the book of 1 Samuel that we'll be continuing the next time we're together. And remember, you can listen to this program again for any part that you may have missed just by clicking on the radio listings link when you log on to calvarychapelpasadena.com. But as I said, there's much more to come next time as well. And if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, you can pick up your own copy of this message. And the title to ask for is simply, A Heartbroken Departure. It's available, as always, on CD for only $4. So once again, ask for the title, A Heartbroken Departure, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 